When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Blog Talk Radio. Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my, my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Jerry Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time it's disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them, you probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson was a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Negro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joined us. Live from the internet, it's the Cult of Mets Personalities 2016 season. Starring Gene Anthony. Nick Kalidas, and a virtual cult of Mets personality. Hello and good weekend, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Cult of Mets personalities. I, for better or worse, am living my life as Nick Kalidas, and I have my two distinguished <laughs> colleagues in, in this little Marx Brothers we have here, uh, Mr. Gene Anthony and Mr. Dave Singer, with me today to discuss the improbable rise of the um, Las Vegas uh, Las Vegas baseball team that's now playing in uh, Flushing. Um, hey guys, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, well, uh, hey. I don't know. I think uh, I think I had a couple of too many cokes last night. <laughs> <laughs> they put something in my my soda. I don't know. It may give me a headache. I'm drinking my soda and now I'm talking really fast. And I, oh boy. So you know, let me just let me start simply. Um, you guys surprised? Do you are you surprised where we're having this discussion right now um, about heading into a wild card game based on the last time we um, talked, I don't mean the beginning of the year, but rather uh, July, uh, which is, I think the last time we had a show. hundred percent, hundred percent surprised. Yeah. Dave, totally, completely surprised totally. or a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm totally surprised. I, you know, I think just where the, the direction of the team, you know, kind of in the middle of the summer, you know, we're, getting ready for the all-star break. You're approaching the dog days. It seemed like you couldn't get a break on injuries. The team didn't seem, you know, that motivated. Chemistry just seemed to kick off. It was very flat. Okay. 
And uh, damn, didn't Terry and Sandy just pull like 39 rabbits out of a hat and make this dream of ours a reality? You know, all credit to the players, of course, but, you know, I've been pretty harsh on Terry Collins. And, uh, you know, i got to tip my hat to the guy because I think this was uh, – he got it right this year. Well, let me ask you something. You know, I'm going to start – conceptually and kind of we'll work into the, the details of, of this stuff. Um, Gene, I'm going to, I'll start with you. So one thing that I, I'm taking out of this a little bit, I mean, obviously um, I think we'll all process this better after the season's sort of done, but I'm starting to, to kind of see, see that, that maybe at least I feel like perhaps I been looking at a baseball team a little, um, little wrong. It's funny, like I find some rhetoric that I say a lot is accurate, but I don't necessarily believe it. So in other words, we we hinged a lot of the potential that this team has on the starting rotation, obviously, and, and you know, we don't, don't need to go into why we thought that way. But I think that what I, what I might have been doing is discounting the team itself, realizing that, let's say, at this point, I mean, granted, we don't have uh, – a few of our regulars, but we have above average major league players at a lot of positions right now. So I'm judging this team as though it's this triple A team having success. And the reality is that most of the team that were the same level of talent on the field that we had last year, we kind of have on the field this year, if not a little bit better, it's just the starting pitcher that goes for five or six innings is a little worse. Um, but I think, I wonder if I'm over dramatizing the, um, what the, the starting pitchers actually bring to the table. Not that they're not a helpful thing, but at the same respect, six innings of good pitching, I mean, it's, it's wonderful, but it's not everything. And we've seen, let's say, Kansas City beat our rotation healthy last year just by being gritty and being more of a team. And so I'm curious if you, by watching these guys work, have you taken, from all the years you watched baseball, have you taken anything new out of this as far as seeing um, what uh, – what's possible or maybe the way you view winning baseball and what's involved in it? Not necessarily. I mean, this reminds me a lot of the nineties Mets teams when they had, Mm -hmm. you know, cook and Wendell and they Mm -hmm. had a solid bullpen and Mm -hmm. just, just through their rotation, you know, Rick Reed was only going to give you six at best seven innings and you wanted them to go more. What lighter was doing lighter was basically our Syndergaard. Right. And so, you had a six-inning game, and Valentine was really good at managing that and going for broke. I think, you know, what you're what you're talking about is, you know, bringing Salas to this team and having Reed. Reed's mm-hmm. our best our best pl- player in the bullpen. I mean, Familia has the saves, and Familia's dominant, but under the radar, Reed is just kicking ass. But you know what? If you give that closing job to Reed, he's probably not going to be this good because he is – as comfortable as an 80-inning guy as there is. So you set up a bullpen with three closers that can handle the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Um, my concern, you know, about mm-hmm. this team and what's going on and, and how Terry has done a very good job is his mm-hmm. time is being spent with players' feelings and keeping them going, which, you know, you need in a manager. But mm-hmm. – I have seen, like in the last month, and I've and I've texted you and, and Dave mm-hmm. that he's sure. missed a couple of spots and admitted it. You know, I, I wasn't even looking at taking Flores out from second base for a pinch runner. I think he's got his hands full with every other day. It seems a punch in the gut. You know, Degrom will get a start. He will be here, 
12 hours later, DeGrom's done for the day. Look at his cast on his arm. Same thing with Matt's, Harvey. I mean, it's not like a guy goes down and that's it. It's guy goes down, there's a week of drama, and we're going to have to announce to the team that basically this is what's going on. Um, well, I, so well, it's I mean, a different, I, different team. I hear you. I hear you there. And, you know, I think we can – we'll probably have a whole discussion a little later later in the show or just maybe – Next go round um, regarding Dick Scott, and uh, which is where where I'm kind of looking at. <laughs> I'm looking at the Dick, and um, I'm thinking about the moves that uh, that Terry is not making because you know he's supposed to be handle. You know, Dick is supposed to be handling this, and and you know whether Dick has a handle on things. You know whether he's he's pushing the right you know <laughs> the right information toward Collins. We'll have to see. But but just just before we I pass it. Uh, to Dave, I just want to sort of revisit that um, for a moment with you because what what I was really talking about was expectations. So in the 90s, we expected the team to win. I mean, that was, you know, the 99 team, the 2000 team. The, we Once they started getting that winning culture, we saw the team as it was and we sort of, you know, we loved the 99 team. We had, a, we had somewhat accurate um, expectations for the 2000 team. My, my Where my point was sort of lying was I – I started losing all expectations for this team once everybody started going down, but I was mm-hmm. overlooking the bullpen and I'm overlooking the, what I'm seeing on the field, the, 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 I guess the greater good, the, not the greater good, the, um, the, the talent when you kind of see it as a whole, there's a team there. It's obviously there's a team there, but, but I was completely discounting it. Just thinking about the starters thinking, well, we can't get past the Cubs. We can't do X, Y, and Z because we don't have this stellar rotation and I guess my, my point being that I had reset my expectations based around this rotation, and I kind of was ignoring the fact that this, you know, the, most of the team is here now. Like, why, why, why would I be so surprised that they're playing well? And I'm just curious, well, you know, that's what I'm really you, curious you, about with you. Like, your expectations, have they changed at all based on um, seeing what's the actual talent that's on the field at this point? Well, I mean, when you win, everything looks good. So, I mean, right. the expectations were were basically going back um, to the fact that we had a third of our team wasn't going to start that presumably was supposed to start with, with Wright mm-hmm. Duda and, if you argued, Ligaris, and then Walker mm-hmm. goes down. Right. We always had as the backdrop, all right, Wright and Duda go down, but we've got five mm-hmm. guys that are going to knock your stocks off, and there's going to be a sixth guy that we're going to have to figure out mm-hmm. how to put in there in Wheeler. So – that always tempered us thinking, okay, we can do it on pitching. And then when that broke down, I mean, yeah, my expectations went to zero. Um, and, and basically, like, I was fatigued just watching this team, you know, what was happening to it. And they always were a good team, you know, but they, they worked together. But when you see those pieces coming in and they're subtle pieces, I mean, they're subtle pieces like, Mm-hmm. bringing Kelly Johnson back and those types of things. I think that's what you're talking about. Like they are a team, even Bruce, when well, Bruce well, was it horrible. Is, it is sort of, it's what I'm talking about, but just if, um, and Dave, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I pretty much have you on mute here, but I want I'm going to get to you in a second. Uh-huh. No, no problem. The, 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 the constant, but I'm, what I'm talking about is this. Basically last year we had a rotation intact. We were not playing well. Then all of a sudden we brought in Cespedes. We brought in, um, people came back from the DL. The lineup was fortified. All of a sudden this team started to win. This year, everybody goes down on the DL. The pitchers don't come back. The hitters come back, mm. or something equivalent was brought in, and the team all of a sudden goes on a run again. And so 
the reality is my my thought process is looking at the pitching going, well, we lost the pitchers, we're done. And But the actuality on the field has been every time the team's gotten their lineup back together, it's won, regardless of who's in the rotation. Now, of course, you can't throw Montero out there, you know, three days a week, yeah. you know, and expect to win. But, you know, if we have serviceable pitchers, kind of like the 90s, it's not that like this is, shouldn't be as surprising as it is to I think to all of us. So that's I guess where I was going with it. Whereas has has this changed your view of what this team is? Um, you know, of course we want the pitchers well, back, but like in general, like yeah. your confidence level in, in this group. Um, my my confidence level is still a little bit low. Not to be a Debbie Downer because you know we well, have okay. been playing teams that are sub 500 and, and I don't, I don't buy into the argument that this is any less because everybody else had to play those teams. And regardless of whether they were sub 500 Braves, they were still a mediocre team to everybody else in the Marlins. Right. But and we played we the, the faced... big teams before anyway. I mean, the schedules are pretty even. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. No, but we, but mm-hmm. we haven't faced a team that has a hit lineup like ours. And so mm-hmm. we're going to need, we really are going it, to, it's going to show if we make it to the Cubs series, I mean, I'm not very optimistic about the steps forward because we only have – we saw when Cologne is off, we're in big trouble. Right. And that's not the way we mm-hmm. started. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very happy with what they've done with their, with their hitting, picking up the pitching, but I would love mm-hmm. to have two of those guys. I mean, any two of the starting pitchers that are on the DL because this team, I said last time we podcasted, the Mets mm-hmm. on paper are made for a wild card situation because – if you had mm-hmm. to throw Syndergaard for the wild card, but you had Harvey, uh, Wheeler, DeGrom, and Cologne, you'd say, I don't care mm-hmm. which one of those guys starts the wild card. But now we're yeah. in a spot where we have to put Syndergaard, and then now Gazelman could be our number two guy in a, in a short series with the Cubs. But go to Dave because he might pass out. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I don't know if you have to start Syndergaard anyway. Well, we'll get into that. But Dave, Dave real quick, just don't jump on the same – that same concept. I mean, has this taught you anything watching this team play or, uh, or no? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's been kind of many po- pockets of excellence, and you guys alluded to it. You know, there's been some great consistency at the very back end. You got pretty much a lockdown, eighth and ninth inning um, for any game, you know, that you're in or ahead. Very few teams have that. I mean, look at the Giants. Somebody was telling me, my cousin, I think they've blown 30 or 35 saves this year alone. I mean, that's okay. an extraordinary number. And, you know, yeah. and, and, I mean, that's the difference between them being, beating the Dodgers and not. So I think that's a comfort. I think, you know, having Seth mm-hmm. for this, although he's certainly cooled off. I really, the only fault I have for Terry in the last two weeks is he never gave Seth for this a day off. And I think he could have used one or two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you have the veterans, like Granderson stepping up. Bruce finally came around. I really do feel momentum. I do think you throw Syndergaard in this game. You have to. Hopefully, uh, you know, he throws six solid, and he can come back maybe mm-hmm. on short rest, like on Sunday. Um, but I'm confident in uh, – I know this is crazy. I'm actually <laughs> confident in Gesellman. I'm. I think Lugo can go in and, and be good enough. And I think Cologne, although, you know, he's going to blow up, and, and he's not really made for the playoffs right now. And okay. he's a great regular season pitcher, but he's, you know, Power wins in the playoffs. He's certainly not a power pitcher. But you know what? Sure. What the hell? We're we're playing with house money right now. I mean, we're hosting the wild card game Wednesday. I think we're going to win that game, and I think we're going to go play the Cubs. And who? I don't even give give a shit if we get swept. To be honest with you, because we're playing with house money. This is just fun. 
what a ride September has been. Having Granderson with his resurgence, having the guys play well, winning all these games. Granted, it's been against a lot of kind of cellar dwellers and things like that, but holy shit, man. Back, based on where we were back in July, back to the original question of where we are now, this is just glorious. It, it made this whole crap shit of a season, which was the first, after the first month, those three months, worth every penny. This has just been great. So I, I'm I'm fine with where we are. <laughs> Let me let me throw a little positivity on this um, because I I mean I I don't think I have necessarily extreme unrealistic um, expectations for this but you know I think that there's other ways to look at this that actually lend itself to thinking that we actually could could do some damage um, for starters the you know. God, these guys are, are somewhat rested at this point. I would imagine the starters that we're going in with, and we saw last year we we saw some some major aces start to unwind and unravel um, as the playoffs moved along. So you have you know remember Arietta wasn't Arietta for a while. So there's no guarantee that these big big horses that these guys have been running all year. Um, when they come at our guys, they, you know, let's say, let's say we have an Arietta Lugo matchup that we're looking at. And <laughs> obviously that would make anybody cringe, but you know, we don't know what version of uh, Arietta is showing up and it could just be the three runs over six innings or three runs on five innings or five runs over six innings might be enough because we can possibly outslug somebody. So, and again, we're in the Cubs head a little bit. So I think there's a tremendous advantage in having a five game series there with them. Cause we don't have to go seven with them. And so that's, well, uh, that's real, real, real yeah. quick on that point. On Please. that point. Yeah. You know, the Cubs have an extraordinary team. Let's face it. This is piece by piece, a team like kind of the Red Sox are on the offensive side. That's just been constructed mm-hmm. in a way that they're going to be tough to beat. One thing I do love right now about okay. the Mets, with a little bit of rest, we're kind of getting hot at the right time. The lineup has been lengthened. I called in and talked to Casey Stern, um, and his whole thing was that he doesn't trust, you know, the the set, sixth and seventh inning guys in the bullpen. But I love this lineup with uh, Duda, with Jay Bruce. Both of those guys mm-hmm. alone are capable of getting on these type of hot streaks that we've seen where they're hitting – Two, three hits, a bomb a game, a couple of RBIs. They're taking counts deep. They're drawing walks. Cabrera has been magnificent. I think Rays mm-hmm. is going to be as fired up as you can be. Um, mm-hmm. this, I hope that these couple of days give him that little bit of spark of energy back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the big only gap really in the offense right now is a catcher, regardless of who's behind the plate. But our one mm-hmm. through seven guys, to include T.J. Rivera, that's a, those are guys that take pitches, fall mm-hmm. off field with power. That's a long lineup. That's the one thing that I like, you know, pitching aside, you know, Sam's store. I think our lineup is capable of, I mean, shit, we put up 17 runs the other day. Not that we're going to do that. It's a better lineup than last year. Yeah, it's a better yeah. lineup yeah. than last year. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and Casey Stern is a bit of a defeatist anyway. I, I don't think I've ever heard him – uh, say anything positive about any any Mets team. So I kind of take it with a grain of salt. I think he's I've see, I've heard him say some some very dramatic stuff in the other direction and be wrong. I mean he was very he was kind of very extreme. We had no shot at making the playoffs this year a couple of months ago, a month and a half ago or so. And the reality was it wasn't um, it wasn't impossible. But it, you know obviously there was a way because <laughs> here we are and. 
And, you know, truthfully, you know, as kind of I said before, when I was, you know, I was going back and forth with Gene, we, we had a softer schedule at the end, but, you know, think of it this way. We, um, we had those challenging teams. And if anything, we had to play the nationals. How many times did we have to play them all year? So that was sort of the same situation that, that St. Louis was in. Meanwhile, San Francisco, I mean, I guess they had to go up against the Dodgers, but it's not like it's going against the Nats over and over and over again. You know, we also got, you know, so we, we got a pretty heavy schedule and we were doing it. Granted, we had more of our healthy starters, but they weren't pitching well. I mean, how many games did, did Harvey um, kind of screw up until he finally admitted he was hurting um, and, and down, down the line? So in a way, we might not have more talented pitchers in the rotation, but we have healthier ones. And it also bodes great for next year, for whatever that's worth, because we're, we're, we're eight deep in the rotation at this point. Plus, we have guys that are going to be, you know, I'm sure all of them won't come back um, as they were, but we're going to have guys that are a little bit more rested and ready, and we'll have also other guys to slip in to allow them to sort of rest throughout the year and make it deep. But, but besides that, I'm, here's what I want to I ask you. All right, so this, this wild card play-in game, so the, ver- the conventional thought, is you throw Syndergaard, and obviously that's what they're going to do. Um, I I have to admit I've I've heard nobody say otherwise, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> the first thought that I had was, well, wait a minute, you know, from a long term goal, it depends on what you're looking for. So like this this is the way I'm seeing it, and and show me show me where I'm wrong. So I because I don't know if I would not start Syndergaard, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm you're, always wrong. I just wanted to know why. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, all right. So, so figure the 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 now that we have the we have the the one wild card game, right? So we have a, a game in house, and the way I was starting to look at the playoffs originally, as we're approaching we were approaching it, was I want the Wilpons just to make some money so they can pay so they can pay Cespedes. So we need a little some playoff money. So like the so as long as we get a couple of games, they can get some money, and maybe we'll be able to keep the hitter. Um, but looking at it broader, I mean, I'm not. I understand the house money thing, but to me, the house money thing applies toward how the fans and the media will treat the team. But you know, we, how many times have we said the same thing about other teams where? You know, you don't know when you'll have another opportunity to get back here. Um, and you never know what the future brings. So we're here. Might as well win it, right? That was the Gary Gentry line. So yeah. being that case, you know, we obviously have a much greater chance of beating the Cubs if we have Syndergaard going two out of the, out of the five games. Think of it. If you – they have to beat Thor to get past us. But now if we do Thor in the wild card game, we, he only starts once. So that's an extra start for Gazelman or Lugo or something. It, Am I wrong on that? Or... It won't. Ha- yeah, it, it won't happen. I know. I know it won't happen. You know, it's a but one. I know it won't happen because the pressure from the media. But is there is there an advantage there, or am I completely missing something? For well, long term, to get to the NLCS. Of course, there's an advantage. You know, if you think that you're going to be able to stretch the the Cubs to five games, and you want Thor in game one and game five, that that would be yeah perfect. Uh, right. Agree, but but it's just not going to happen. You have Thor in a, in a one game, do or die, which is. But it's an easier team. Whoever we're facing is not the Cubs, and so if the, if the idea is to get to the NLCS, where you can start to really well, here, sort of here's like another way to look at it. Stretch it out. It, it, it only affects. Ahead, it only affects. It only affects one game. It only affects one game, because you're going to. But pitch it's, think, Thor of, think of the two games three. it affects though. It's one in five, dude. The first, the, the tone I, I setter, and and then imagine the pressure on them. 
if they if they are okay. if they have to go to game it. five and all of a sudden it's Thor, it's like it's like Mike Scott. You know what I mean? But dude, yeah, but here's dude, here's it's not going to happen. You, you know, you're going to have Thor pitch against the Cubs mm-hmm. once in game three, yeah. which I think is Sunday, mm-hmm. and Monday you're going to have yeah Monday at home, and you're going to have Bart and Gisellman. I mean, that's oh, it. God. That's the bottom line, man. <laughs> we got the and, hey, and guess what? If there's a fifth what? game, if Syndergaard will come mm-hmm. back and pitch in relief for sure. So well, yeah, well, I mean, well, it'll be man. so. I'm telling you. Are there I mean, off days? But I didn't look at the schedule. There are off days built in. Go yeah, ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm so go it goes ahead. Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, unless there's bad weather, right? So maybe right. if this, if this is, if there's anything, you know, maybe there'll be bad weather and you could sneak him in to a game two, instead of a game three. But I'd rather him game okay. three, Mets win one of those two games in Chicago. If, mm-hmm. but guess what? The wild card team. I mean, I don't know. You if you don't pitch him on the do or die day, that that's that's a hundred and twenty years of baseball that you don't play for tomorrow. You play for today. And so if you had the other guys to do it, you do it. But if you lose that wild card game and you didn't pitch in the guard, mm-hmm. forget about it. Well, that's yeah, no, no, faster, I, I, just, I totally get the pressure of it. I'm just talking. You know, let's say there was no media pressure. It was just in a bubble. And let's say no one would know. I, so, in other words, I'm just, I'm just looking at the decision in a, in a bubble, which I know you can't really do, but but it's like a, just yeah. from a baseball perspective. If you're, you're trying to get to the NLCS, what's going to give you the best Nick, chance? Nick, Nick. Chances Nick, are it's, Nick, it's a star. I, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Next, next, next. All right. I mean, if it's the Let's Cardinals, if we're we're get, facing St. Nick, Louis, Nick, and they they down. just had a one game play play in against San Francisco, and it's the and, and the Cards are staggering in here. I mean, no, I don't trust. Is, I don't isn't there a greater chance of Lugo teams. beating them than? Oh my God! You know. <laughs> no. All right, I've... Nick, 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 yes. Nick, calm down, dude. Yes. It's it's math, man. So. So let's forget about the media. Let's forget about everything uh-huh. else. And ju- it's just math. You have to okay. have one chance, right? It's either mm-hmm. it's a yes, no. It's a binary mm-hmm. equation. It's a, there's a win and there's a loss. Oh, yes, and that's of course. the end of it. In a five game, well, then you can do all well, yeah, kinds yes, of no, hold, okay. hold on. Hold on. Right. You can do all the mix yeah. matches. And you have mm-hmm. time, like like Gene said, you know, maybe you do a Saturday, a game two, game five thing with four, which could be a stretch. But there's all kinds mm-hmm. of different things that you can play into, and that's where the strategy mm-hmm. comes into play. There is no strategic decision other than pitching Thor, and it has nothing to do with media pressure. It's just math. Well, okay, so now I, I – let's take it from a math perspective, which I do. Like, that's fine. I, I, I get that. So it depends – I guess the equation that you're trying to put together depends on what you want the um, – the end result to be what's the what's the sum we're looking for so if the sum is just get to the nlds then yeah of course it's it's use thor if the sum is get to the um don't get past the cubs then you're looking at a broader a broader kind of scope of what you're going for so then it's a matter of well what's gonna what overall is going to give you the best chance the roadmap to get past this game and also chicago the to get to the nlcs so i i I mean, again, I'm, I don't know if I would make the decision not to start Thor. So I'm not saying I disagree necessarily, but I don't think it's a, as slam dunk as everyone's making it out to be because I think that to get to the NLCS, in general, I think you can make a strong argument that, that, the, that overall it makes more sense to, um, to have him go twice guaranteed against Chicago 
and have the lesser pitcher go against the lesser team because the odds are, you know, the overall odds are you have more, you've matched up your talent overall better to give yourself a better chance to get further, even though you've increased your odds of getting knocked out early. And again, I yeah, but I um, think yeah, I'm sorry, I I really think no, here okay. too, and I and. And I don't. I know what you're saying, and it almost is like you're thinking about the larger picture. But that's very, you know, that's what gets mm-hmm. people in trouble. And you know, right. it reminds me of in a similar way of Dusty Baker taking Ortiz off the mound so he could have his moment. And you know, he's like, I I see the future, <laughs> and he he did right. not see the future correctly. Um, I don't. The thing about Syndergaard, if you were talking about even a, I hate to do this, but but a Scherzer or a Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Syndergaard, right. he's he's our best, but he's not mm-hmm. the best. And right, you know, it, you know, because if you told me like you can have one Met start multiple times in the playoffs, that one Met's going to mm-hmm. be Degrom. And so, oh yeah, Obviously. you know, I know what you're saying. You know, I don't think that the the increment between him and even Gazelman and Lugo, and, and this mm-hmm. goes, you might say, well, that's evidence that he, those two should maybe should pitch the wild card, but the increment's not that much better on paper mm-hmm. because the teams haven't seen those other two guys and they seem to be, right. they're the guys that got us to where we are, believe it or not, because they weren't mm-hmm. automatic outs when they went oh, up. Yeah, sure. But, but you can't have, you can't throw those two guys. I mean, you cannot throw a rookie in that wild card game and you just get blistered. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, it is against the, it could be against the Cardinals after having just done a playing game against the Giants. I mean, against their, what, their third starter or something? I mean, it's not – man, it's it's a tough task, but it's not exactly – I mean, there's another team playing you, too, that has a, a relatively inexperienced arm going and a lesser overall team. So I still think you're favored in that game, you know. Um, what, what I worry the most you, about, guys, mm-hmm. you know – Sorry, Nick. What I worry most about is either the Cardinals or the Giants. The Cardinals or the Giants, you have two managers and most part two teams that are used to the playoffs. And so that's going to be a tough game. I I don't even know. I I don't want to see any part of the fucking Cardinals because those guys figure out some way to get it done all the time, and I'm sick of it. Well, Stat, yeah, can, I dude, give, but, can I give you but, a quick stat? Can I give you one quick shoot? stat? Sure. I mean, to talk about this. Mm-hmm. August 21st, which is not that long ago, mm-hmm. no Syndergaard against the Giants. Eight innings, two hits, mm-hmm. no runs, 98 pitches. He smoked that lineup. And I remember uh, Boach after that game was like, oh, my God. Because that's as good as there is. Remember that game where his slider was mm-hmm. just freaking yeah. balls on? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then he beat he beat the card. Uh, he lost to the cards rather, but again, six innings, two earned runs, and he he has mm-hmm. pitched against both of these teams and and dominated. So I like your point, Gene, about you know that they haven't seen Gasolman, they haven't seen Lugo, mm-hmm. but Syndergaard's seen them, and I yeah. I yeah. do think the Giants win today. Although I can't believe they're pitching that rookie, I am just shocked at that. So they're setting up <laughs> Wednesday, so they're doing they're doing Nick what you say to do. Set yourself up. They're not pitching their best pitcher today. So I'm like, Holy uh, no, but yeah. they're setting up and pitch on one day's rest, you know. No, but, but they're setting. Uh, so they still get a game. Like 
you know, they're doing something Dude, different. They have two if games, we had though. a game, Dude, they, yeah, yeah. Get two that's games. what I'm saying. Right, they right, have right. the other game to throw mm-hmm. Bumgarner. So if right. we lose the wild card, the season's over. Right, right. Yeah, but for them, think of it this way. They have three must wins. Dude, by not doing that, they have, they have today, then they have another playing game, and then they have a third one. So they've actually come into a situation with this decision where they have to have three, three pitchers. They have to do it three times. Make it work. Well, I hope it happens. Know, I uh, hope I hope the Giants lose today, and I hope mm-hmm, the Cards win, and I hope they play tomorrow, and I hope that ends mm-hmm. up in a tie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, uh, it goes extra innings with a rainout. That's right. Seventeen uh, innings played over two days. <laughs> well, well, all I can say is I'm looking forward um, to the the possibility. Um, you know, crossing my fingers, we get there to uh, playing a team that hasn't had any pressure on them for quite a while and tons of expectations and maybe might be a little, a little spooked by the uniform uh, when we go in there. Um, I'm looking forward to playing the Cubs, man. I, 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 I remember, man, well, both of you guys remember too, obviously, 86, how much trouble we had with, with the Astros and the Red Sox, who were, were a team that kind of reminds me a little bit of what we are. And they had Clemens, and then they had, you know, kind of like a crafty lefty, and then they had an oil can boy and a whole bunch of other they, – they kind of like glued together the rest of their team. And they had pretty much crappy – they had a way worse pen than we did, and they, they almost took us out. And the Astros had two pitchers, you know, like, you know and that was sort of it. Yeah. Um, so, like, that well, layoff well, – I, I mean, we were – yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to yeah, as you say, yeah, I, I agree. You know, these, these, it's all about the pitching. I mean, let me ask you guys a question. Okay, first for the Giants and then for the Cards. Um, who do you want? Who would you most not want to face on Wednesday, out of both of those teams' rosters? Who do you not want to face for each of those teams? Pitching wise, hitting wise, or pitching wise, or pitching, pitching. Which opposing pitcher do you most not want? And my answer is probably different than yours for either of those teams. Just the, the lefty Bumgarner because of how we're set up with lefties. Um, are you talking about one guy overall or one guy on each team? Either or. Huh. It's wild. You know, obviously, intellectually, I want to say Bumgarner as well. And I just, I got to tell you, I'm not afraid. Um, I, I, I'm just, I don't think there's anybody, maybe, maybe Cueto, for some reason, there's something about Cueto, Cueto that gets fine. me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he smoked us, he smoked us, what, uh, three, four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I, that guy, I just think that he's a man of the moment. I mean, obviously, Baumgartner, yeah, what he did is so heroic that that'll probably never, ever be matched again. But I don't want to face Cueto, man. I just have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to come in from before and Cueto, and mm-hmm. it's just not going to be good for the Mets. I just think that guy has our number for some reason. Well, I think it's been proven as uh, even though he had this, um, he he's pulled a Josh Beckett before um, that Bumgarner can be rattled. I mean, look at what look at what's been going on with uh, Puig and uh, and this guy as far as like remember <laughs> yeah. the t-shirts and everything else. I mean, him. can you imagine? Whoever's in the object circle should just talk a whole bunch of shit to him. They should walk across oh the mound when they're going back to the dugout. They should just sneer at him. They should say crap about his mama. They should just totally give that guy's nugget. That's our way to success. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. At City Field, they should just give out Don't Look at Me t-shirts. <laughs> the whole, everyone in the stand should be wearing those things. 
<laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look. Everyone should be looking at him too. That'd be great. Oh my God! There's nothing like that with with uh, with Cueto. You know what I mean? He's. It's almost like it's funny. How funny it. you talk about like no one's expecting Cueto to be that to be Bumgarner. So so watch him be Bumgarner. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't want to face Cueto. I don't want no part of that guy. I can't believe he's not All pitching. Right. He last he last pitched on the the 29th. So what's tomorrow? Uh, so do I know what's today? The fourth. Why isn't he pitching today? Mm-hmm. Why isn't Cueto pitching? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, he's coming I mean, off an injury. Have, um, is he? Isn't he coming off? He, he come, didn't he have a um, he had a leg injury, didn't he? He pulled a hammy, well, and then they had one start after. Well, uh, yeah, he had, he had, but don't they have three guys though that they need anyway? In other words, with today, if they lose today, then they have the playing game and our game as well. Well, that's so they're going to need. Jeez! Oh, wow. Wow. They have a, um, they, they're a good team. It's surprising that they didn't take that division. Um, and and well, as Dave said, it was their bullpen. Yeah, yeah. You know. Man, man. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Um, anyone have any sympathy for the Nats? You know, they, they've sort of gotten a little bit of a 2006 Mets thing going on where everyone's falling apart at the last minute. Well, uh, shedding question. any tears? Quick or, question. Uh, quick question. Do we know, has any anybody got any updates on the state of Daniel Murphy's sore ass? Is that thing healthy yet? Or <laughs> <still there? laughs> well, I put in a call to Dick Scott. You know, he he exchanges exchanges things with him on a regular you basis. You got his finger on the ball <laughs> yeah, Ray Ramirez, a rubber glove. He worked him out in the off season, you know what I mean? <laughs> 60 in five minutes. Moon River. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, you know what? It's, obviously, we can't talk all day. I do want to touch on um, on that a bit. Um not 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 Murphy's ass, but rather I I, I, <laughs> I think I think we this is a good time to, to 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 touch Dick to, to touch Dick Scott right. So basically, um, obviously, you know, there's that that issue with um, with Collins' in-game decision, and it's I've noticed that a lot of the beat reporters um, on interviews because I'm, I'm a sucker for downloading those things seem to be more and more as they're defending Collins, leaking out kind of Dick Scott's name. So it's funny, I haven't, it's not a thing where I've heard the fan base necessarily start rattling about it, but rather the, the beat reporters are starting to drop his name. And you never quite see, um, you never quite see it being mentioned. You never see him being interviewed uh, when they had all the controversy as far as Collins missing, um, when he, let's say he missed the pinch runner for uh, Flores. No one, um, the beat reporters mentioned it on the radio, but nobody talked to Dick Scott. Nobody seems to be pushing that really forward. So now, so I found out, um, obviously, that, that it was something where um, Collins wanted Backman and, uh, right. you know, Alderson kind of forced Scott on him, almost like an organizational mouthpiece. So um, does that, I mean, just give me give me your feedback on, on that, you know, in, in all actuality. I mean, rather, if you think that's a big deal, does it change your opinion of Collins a little bit and the fact that he doesn't have a bench coach? Um, yeah, just... Um, Either one of you guys, give me give me your thoughts. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I, thanks, Dean. Yeah, I, I I read, you know, I kind of knew that uh, I heard inklings before that, you know, while he really was the choice for bench coach, 
And I think, mm-hmm. you know, for a guy that's going to keep his head in the game, because where Dick Scott has fallen down, and again, I'm not privy to all the details, but there's mm-hmm. been some crucial moments where you need someone that they know exactly what to do, exactly what button to push, exactly to be vocal mm-hmm. enough to make it happen, and Dick Scott's right. fallen down a couple of times. Um, you know, Wally wanted him, and obviously Sandy and you know didn't want Wally up there, so he put Dick Scott mm-hmm. on him. You know, I would have rather have seen you know Tim Tuffle as the bench coach and Dick Scott as the guy waving you know people around third base if that Dick Scott move had to be made. Uh, but it was a little bit disappointing, especially you know how the how the season ended for Wally as well. When you see all of his players are the ones that are coming up here and just make stuff happen, whether it's T.J. Rivera, Nemo in spot, mm-hmm. all the pitchers. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. again, it's like this looks like you said it's the Las Vegas Mets. So, you know, mm-hmm. I tweeted that uh, everybody in the Mets organization should have Wally bend over so they can all kiss his ass because he, he's <laughs> a large part of why we made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and it's disappointing. I love Sandy. I love I love some of the moves that he's made, but some of these organizational politics that have kind of crept out into mm-hmm. uh, the media just are disappointing to me because that's not really who the Mets are as a team. We're not a team like that. And I think Sandy's brought that with him, and, and you know, Gina probably say for Wilpons too, and I would support that, but I think uh, I'm more disappointed than anything. Dave, um, just to hang on that for a minute, obviously with your background um, running organizations, right, obviously the, 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 one of the chief things that you try to do is, is put people in a, in a position to be successful. That's you know, essentially the, the core of, of the, the job, you know, and so when somebody that's working as, let's say, let's, let's look at it from the standpoint of how I, I supposedly Sandy views managers, which is middle management. From the standpoint of handling your middle managers, if, if somebody is self-aware enough to know what they need, now forget about Backman specifically. You know, we're talking about Terry Collins maybe identifying where he, where he lacks um, focus, whether it's being able to see the whole field, whether it's strategic and saying, well, listen, no, no one's going to be um, great at everything. And if so, he's not going to be a middle manager, let's say. So if somebody can identify their weaknesses, then that's exactly the kind of employee you really want. You want somebody that's going to be able to say, well, this is what I'm not good at and this is what we need. So if, if somebody is identifying that to you and you're not providing them with it, um, that's, to me that sounds wrong. G- give me your, your thought process in that, that regard, whether you feel like that takes some of the uh, – the finger pointing off Terry, um, if that's a valid criticism, um, just give me that. Give me your perspective from a business standpoint. Yeah, sure, and I, I think you put it well. You know, obviously, you want to have those people be able to hire in and put on the staff that they want. Uh, but we've seen historically that that's not happened, especially with Backnet. And I think it did undermine a little bit of Terry's authority. Look, Terry is the ultimate yes man. I think he got this job because he was a great soldier for the team. Um, I think he kept the job because he rose up just enough to um, save his position. And then, you know, with players came success. But I do think at the end of the day, in modern day baseball management, the general managers, the the control that they have is far greater than it's ever been. It used to be the manager was kind of the, it started and ended with the manager, but that's obviously shifted upstairs. I think in today's game, Sandy gets 51% of the vote. I think he certainly listened to Terry, and he didn't dismiss it. But, uh, you know, he wasn't allowed to, to get the coach he wanted. You know, look, the team made the playoffs, right? So it's not like 
this was a life or death scenario, uh, but it does show you just how much control the GMs have now were and, and how kind of toothless the managers are in terms of even their own staffs. And that's, that's kind of weird to me, and it's certainly not how the Mets were constructed in years past. Well, you know, the, I, I mean, I, I get that that power shift has kind of happened. My, my, my thought looking at this is really the, the idea of um, somebody that is in, you know, that, that has a military background as well, that understands chain of command and everything else, but also should know about putting people in a position to succeed. So you're not going to send somebody out to battle that can't, <laughs> that, that is going to get five other people killed because can't, he can't handle it. And if somebody's telling right. you that I'm not fit for this, you got to listen to it, and, well, and that's my thought. Sandy's smart, say, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Staying on that. Staying on that. Let's use the yeah, military okay. parable a little bit more. So, yeah. mm-hmm. in the military, Terry would probably be like a major or a lieutenant colonel, and Gene said middle management, kind of middle to upper. Mm-hmm. But Sandy is the general officer. He is yeah. a three-star general, and mm-hmm. you know he takes accountability for those decisions. You know, had Dick Scott done a couple of things that totally torpedoed the season. I guarantee you Sandy would be up on stage saying, you know, this is my bad. I made the call. So I do give him credit for making decisions and steering the ship. But he does it in a pretty smooth way. You know, Sandy's not like this bombastic guy that's out there, you know, branch ricking things and screwing Ralph Kiner out of 10 grand. I mean, he, he's, he's <laughs> a guy that I think listens very well. It just, it just rubbed me a little bit wrong personally, but I, I respect it. I think he had his reasons for making this decision that he made. And I think Terry, you know, had his voice, and he just, you know, wasn't loud enough, I guess. I mean, Gene, I've seen, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me, at least, I've seen Terry Collins fall on the sword a few times. And Now with AT&T Go Phone, buy a Samsung Galaxy Express Prime and get one free when you activate eligible service on both. Visit your nearest AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Offer ends 10 Select smartphones in select locations only. Requires one or two new lines based on location. Both phones require first payment on minimum $45 plan. Phone of lesser value is free. Taxes, fees, coverage, and other restrictions apply. See store for details. Now with AT&T Go Phone, buy a Samsung Galaxy Express Prime and get one free when you activate eligible service on both. Visit your nearest AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Offer ends 10 Select smartphones in select locations only. Requires one or two new lines based on location. Both phones require first payment on minimum $45 plan. Phone of lesser value is free. Taxes, fees, coverage, and other restrictions apply. See store for details.